All right, let's do a countdown, okay? Five, four, three, two, one, go! Come on in! Would you believe me if I told you that that countdown you just heard, those fireworks, that excitement, weren't for New Year's Eve or even a football game. We have waited a year and a half to be right here at this moment. Can't wait to get in there and just check out everything that's there. We got here at 9 p.m. last night. I think I'm going (laughs) to hug the store before I go in. But for the opening of a grocery store. I moved here in 2005 from San Antonio and have been missing H-E-B since. We have traveled to Burleson to go to H-E-B. Well, we was going all the way to uh, Waco. Just for H-E-B? Yeah, for H-E-B. What makes it so special? Honey, the prices, everybody friendly, the food is good, everything is good. (laughs) And let me just tell you, these grand openings were celebrations like I have never seen. At least, you know, not for a grocery store, right? There were straight-up parties at 5 a.m. in the parking lot. There was music, dancing, hot air balloons, and a level of excitement that probably seems kind of weird to non-Texans. I'm Bailey Friday, and Texas wants to know, why are we so obsessed with H-E-B? I go into an H-E-B store, and I say, I'm looking for the melatonin. And it isn't over in pharmacy. Somebody walks with me over to the vitamin section and shows me where it is. Lee McAllister is a professor of business marketing at the University of Texas. She's also the co-author of the book Grocery Revolution. And she says she shops at H-E-B in Central Market. There was a guy named Fully Klingman that used to run H-E-B. And he said, you have to have the heart of a servant to work for H-E-B. So... H-E-B is rewarding people for that. It's not, oh, you're wasting time walking around the store. You should be restocking shelves. The heart of the servant, meet the customer's need. I grew up in North Texas, and I've lived here most of my life. And until recently, I had actually never been inside an H-E-B store because there weren't really any in the DFW Metroplex. Despite that, I still knew about H-E-B, And here's the weird thing, I still really liked H-E-B without having ever experienced H-E-B before. I just liked them. I had positive feelings towards them. And apparently that's not uncommon. So here's a little bit of history for you. H-E-B started in 1905 down in Kerrville. For decades, they had a presence in South and Central Texas. They expanded to the Houston area about 20 years ago, but North Texas was still without an H-E-B. It opened its first two DFW area stores this fall, one in Frisco, one in Plano. There have been H-E-B stores kind of around the edges of Dallas-Fort Worth for a long time in places, but never a right smack dab in the middle like we're seeing now. So not just with H-E-B, but with any brand that has a brick-and-mortar presence, what kind of factors go into the decision of where and when to expand? Retailing 101. How many stores are there already? How many people are there? Each household has how much grocery buying capacity? How much grocery buying capacity does it take to support one store? You can calculate about how many grocery stores should be in this area. And my understanding is Dallas has always been overstored. So to have a store in Dallas is to 
realize that it's just not going to make the revenue you're expecting. So I've always assumed that was why HEB didn't go into Dallas because there were so you were so well served by so many different grocery chains. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you've grown lately. Maybe now there's a little space, a little elbow room for HEB to get in. Tell me why you guys decided to wait to expand here and what made now the right time? Yeah, you know, that's always the million dollar question, like why now and why here? And I think that, so first, there's been great demand from North Texas. We we get a lot of letters. We get a lot of Facebook, you know, social media has helped us a lot. We get a lot of uh, yeah. Facebook uh, requests and we hear them all. We read them all. We try to respond. That's Juan Carlos Rook. He's the executive vice president of Northwest Food and Drug for HEB. Although he did mention at the start of our conversation, they don't like titles at HEB. You know, we've learned from being here in, in DFW from 20 years with Central Market. So it's even though our HEB stores are new to DFW, we've obviously been a part of this community and, and part of learning and understanding. And, you know, as we got ourselves settled and, and grounded in Houston, and have and gotten ourselves to a great place there, which was another major expansion for HEB over the last 20 years. I think at the time, from a timing perspective, it's allowed us to now reallocate some resources to this great market. And so I think it's just the right time with you know some great growth that's been going. I mean, you have companies and and people moving from all over the country uh, into North Texas. I think it's common sense that it now says, hey, it's time for for us to make our move as well. Why was Collin County specifically the right place to get started? You know, my, my quick answer to this is you have to start somewhere mm. and wherever you start, there's going to be some really happy people. And then there's going to be folks that wish you'd started somewhere else. And and I, that's part of the fanaticism. And I am totally comfortable that, that folks have those questions. You know, a lot of times it comes down to we have to buy real estate. This is usually things that we do way out in advance. And you're looking for great growth dynamics. And I think we've seen, you know, in Collin County, you've seen a lot of businesses moving in that direction because we've had a lot of great growth. Collin County is growing at a rate matched by just one other county in the country. Data from the U.S. Census Bureau shows that from July 2020 to July 2021, only Maricopa County in Arizona, home to Phoenix, added more residents than Collin County. It's also home to large companies like Toyota's North American headquarters, the PGA, JCPenney, and Frito-Lay. We're hoping to be successful with these first couple stores, which so far so good. Folks have responded to us very positively, um, but we had to start somewhere. Uh, that's a great area to start. And we're looking forward to continue to serve the entire Metroplex over time. While putting stores in the right places is super important, it still doesn't answer the question of why Texans love HEB so much. I mean, it's just a grocery store, right? The foundational reason for it is they're privately held. They're not publicly held. Most grocery retailers are publicly held. Wall Street's breathing down their neck. Every quarter, they've got to hit particular numbers or Wall Street will drive their stock price down. The CEO's paycheck will get cut. You know, it's bad things happen when companies don't meet Wall Street's expectations. That means companies live on this little tightrope that everything has to pay off in the next quarter. Well, big changes, visionary actions don't necessarily pay off in the next quarter. So privately held firms have the flexibility to make visionary moves. And one example of a move McAllister describes as visionary, bringing in fresh fish. 
that didn't go unnoticed by their competitors, but it's an expensive thing to do to provide fresh fish, probably anywhere, but certainly in a landlocked community. I don't know if HEB, what kind of investment they had to make, but I'm assuming there was some significant investment they had to make to be able to build that supply chain that brings me that wonderful fresh fish. And other retailers just couldn't. It isn't that they didn't know HEB had better fresh fish or central market. And then that rolls out to the HEB core stores. It's that, in my opinion, you know, I don't have any inside information from those other competitors, but they just couldn't afford to invest in the supply chain. They couldn't get the payback fast enough from making an investment in that supply chain to keep Wall Street off their backs. According to Forbes, HEB is the largest privately held company in Texas and the fifth largest in the United States, despite operating primarily in one state. The way I was telling the story, it would sound like, why is anyone ever stupid enough to be publicly held? Well, it's access to capital. HEB has been able to fund amazing growth without having to go tap Wall Street. But let's be honest, a company doesn't have to be privately held to make prescient decisions. McAllister says one of the reasons behind Walmart's success, for example, is its investment of profits back in the stores instead of passing all of it on to shareholders. Walmart makes a productivity gain. They put in electronic scanners. It saves them money. Walmart was investing that money in lower prices. Kmart was dropping that money through to investors. Now, once Walmart has invested in lower prices, their sales go up at the expense of Kmart. So now Walmart has more cash to invest in another productivity gain that generates more cash that they were reinvesting in lower prices that made their sales increase more. And they're in this productivity loop, moving around in the right direction. Their cost structure is going down. So they can still have good margins, but still charge lower prices than Kmart. Because if you're not in the productivity loop going the right way, but your competitors are, then you are, by definition, in the productivity loop going the wrong way. Talking about those competitors, too. So there are markets in Texas, like San Antonio, Corpus Christi, where other grocery store chains, they're just not there. You know, they're few and far between. That cycle that you just talked about, is that how HEB has been able to maintain such a strong grip on certain parts of the state? It's what it looks like to me from the outside. Mm -hmm. So it didn't just like they are crunching through this and eating competitors alive, they're hiring the best management. They're making visionary investments because they're privately held. So do you remember that horrible storm we had last winter? Yes. I saw there was a, an article in the New York Times about HEB, and they said they'd come to interview Texans. I think it was some people in Austin who were standing in line, you know, there's COVID, you can't be have that many people in the store at a time. And they were talking to people in line and they said, H-E-B cares about me. The smart people that they have run in the company have delegated authority out to those store managers. And one store manager saw those poor people standing out in the cold. He took his florals, the bunches of flowers from his floral, just took them, walked down the aisle and gave them to the young women in line. One young woman said, I want to marry H-E-B. You know, that's 
That's why H-E-B has a stranglehold, I think. When a natural disaster like that winter storm back in 2021 or a major hurricane hits Texas, one of the images we always see, and this is aside from rescue crews and nonprofits on the ground and all that, is a big red H-E-B truck helping to supply the community with necessities. I had the experience during Hurricane Harvey of, of being um, leading our supply chain. I have a former career in the military prior to doing all this you know, dangerous grocery stuff. And I was blown away at the resources that were available to, to me and to entire HEB to help take care of, of Houston at the time and, and, and the Gulf Coast. And the decision-making process by which we go through, which is, look, it's the right thing to do. Let's go help. Next thing you know, I'm in a helicopter flying into Houston and, well, in somewhat closed airspace to get folks on the ground to then be able to provide water to Beaumont. And none of that was, you know, a PowerPoint presentation or some sort of bureaucratic, this is why we're doing it. It was, it's the right thing to do, just go. A lot of brands make successful business decisions, but they don't all get this cult following that HEB has. And just talking to some of the people in this area, People have been demanding an HEB here. They want it. So can you tell me a little bit about how once a brand gets that cult following, how that kind of builds on itself? You don't get that unless you're touching people's hearts. That HEB store manager was out giving flowers. It wasn't, he wasn't thinking about, is New York Times gonna write about this? He wasn't thinking about, am I gonna build sales? He was feeling, for though, this is what I think, he was feeling for those women in line standing in the freezing cold, waiting for a chance to get their two bottles of water, and he just cared about them. That's how I feel when I go in H-E-B. They care about me. I don't feel like that in many stores. My sense is H-E-B is competing on customer service. In the end, their real competitive advantage is the management structure that they've put in place, the incentives for employees. They're not punished for walking me around and showing me where that melatonin is. You cannot be in a conversation with somebody from HEB for longer than five or 10 minutes like we just did and not end up landing at the statement that our partners, which essentially is what we call our employees, but all of our, our partners are the secret sauce to what we do. And so as a former marketer, I never want to understate the great brands and the, the great advertising. and But the truth is, a lot of the things we do, if not most of them, are replicatable. The part that isn't is our team and our partners. It is truly the best grocery store ever. Because when you walk in, it feels like you're coming home and like mom is there to hug you and welcome you in. There's just something special about it. So we did not want to miss out on the first one in our home here in Dallas. People from all over the country have brands that they're loyal to, right? There's In-N-Out in California, Wawa in the Philadelphia area, Wegmans in the Northeast, and Publix in the Southeast. But Texas? It feels like we have a lot. We've got H-E-B, we've got Whataburger, Bucky's, and that's just to name a few. There's no doubt that, you know, regional pride is is real. And so in, you know, in Central America and in Guatemala, the difference between what they would love and what they considered pride with Panama. So that is a real phenomenon. I think it's a real marketing phenomenon. 
That said, I think Texas, I've been, you know, I graduated high school here in Texas. I've been in and out of Texas for the last 30 years, like five times now, 12. Texas takes it to a whole different, I think, level, both nationally and, and internationally. And I think that's why you see some of the brands that, that you've said. Uh, it's Texas brand. There's a lot of Texas pride in anything and everything that we do. Uh, it's definitely a humorous pride. We know it. We realize it. We don't care. HEB's coming to DFW. Texans are going to be here no matter what. I think what makes it unique to then HEB, you know, one of the things we talk about is we want that store to feel like like it's my HEB. Like when people go to our stores, they generally don't say I'm going to the grocery store. They say I'm going to my HEB or I was at my HEB last week and I found this. And that mm -hmm. that that part about my HEB, what I believe happens is the store feels like it's for you. And it feels like these partners were hired to to be your friends and, and the, the folks from your community and that the products were selected. It just resonates with you. If they don't have something that uh, that they feel like their customers need, they'll figure out a way to go go make it and put it in their store for a reasonable price. And... Yeah. I can't tell you how many people in the last six weeks as I've been in Plano and Frisco, I've had this conversation with, in some cases, tear-filled eyes of people saying, you know what, thank you for coming here. Thank you in some cases because they knew us from the past and I have products that they remember. But in some cases, just be this, this conversation around, you understand me, you understand that this is how I cook, or these are the, the items that are important to me. And that can be because we brought in a certain assortment for um, a certain demographic or folks from a certain place, or they just see um, that we thought through these things. And there's almost this thankfulness. And I think that that takes the whole Texas for Texans, this HEB thing to a next, a next level. As for what's next, HEB has announced stores in McKinney, Allen, Fort Worth, and Mansfield. It's also confirmed earlier this month that it purchased land on Wheatland Road in southern Dallas. That's a part of the city where community leaders have long advocated for more grocery stores. Yes, we, we made the real estate purchase and we look forward to bringing one of our many you know, beautiful formats to that market like we will to the rest of the Metroplex. We just haven't set an, an exact timetable yet, which is common for you know how we have done things in the past. We, we wanna make sure that we get a good portfolio of real estate and are prepared to really give each community the store they deserve when we open it. And when they do open more stores in North Texas, McAllister has a pretty positive outlook. She says she expects the same kind of following HEB has in the rest of the state. Nobody else in Dallas has that kind of loyalty among their customers. Nobody else in the United States does. Nobody else in the whole world does. H-E-B is the coolest retailer in the world. I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining me on our podcast, Texas wants to know. If you like the show, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Chris Blake and Savannah Jones. Original music by Michael Eisenstein. Editorial support from Cooper Mall. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan. <laughs>